2: Learn more at marines.com.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, the goal for today is to find a reason because i'm i'm stunned, I really am as i've been pouring through all this stuff i'm just completely stunned how little people actually believe in the Vikings. I mean, this is the second time i've been this generally the second time there's been numerous times along the way where it's like, wait what? Like when they were underdogs to the lions and then freaking lost to the lions um, And I realize how little, I mean, again, the Packers, they're underdogs to the Packers. It just blows my mind. This team, I've never seen this before, a team with this good of a record. We're talking about probably, potentially the number two seed in the NFC. Nobody believes in them. My goal today... Maybe tomorrow I'll do the legwork for them. My goal today is to find somebody that believes in the Vikings and has a legitimate reason to do so. Because every team, every team, there's always a reason why. There's a reason why you win, there's a reason why you lose. I'm struggling to even find people that aren't just brushing this game aside. Whenever the question comes up, will the Packers get into the playoffs? It's almost as if the Vikings don't even exist. We're playing them this week. They're one of the quote-unquote best teams in football, just based on their record, and nobody cares. And even when I listen to people talk about the Packers not getting in, it's usually because the Packers are so bad. They only beat the Rams and the Bears. Oh, and Miami. It's so funny because it was just the Rams and the Bears. Then we beat Miami, and it's, oh, and Miami. But, I mean, come on. Miami's kind of stupid and too. It's concussed. And, <laughs> and also, nobody wants to revisit the part where the Rams have won two out of their last three, the only loss being against the Packers since Baker Mayfield came to town. And they put up 50 freaking points against one of the best defenses in the game. Nobody wants to talk about that. The, 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 the defending Super Bowl champions did that. Meaning it's not impossible, even slightly impossible, that the team maybe figures out how to be competent at football. So that's the goal. I'm going to talk about a couple things, and then we're just going to go through, and we're going to find people, see what they have to say. And just just, I'm just going to take notes on all the arguments that are laid out, and I'm going to argue with the ones that are false, And we'll keep the ones that are real. And we'll, at the end, hopefully just have a big old pile of, all right, here's the things we need to be worried about. We'll see how good of a job they can do. Because this really shouldn't be this hard. I've been pouring through. And granted, these aren't always the best. I mean, one of them so far that at least I've played on the podcast has been a Vikings show, which has been probably the worst of any of them. And the rest are like ESPN and all the blowhard nonsense idiots. But you know what? It's their job. They get paid lots and lots and lots of money to have good opinions on these things. And so there you go. And we'll probably end with like the actual betters, you know, the, the, the people who don't know anything and just are blown, you know, to and fro by the whims of fat redneck Packer fans who are all rich and spend a bunch of money. Those guys are the only ones that actually say anything intelligent. The only ones. I mean, aside from me, obviously. I'm just saying, but we'll save that for last because I'm, I'm just going to let them try to figure this out on their own. I'm sure they can get a couple. We'll get a couple out of it. Uh, the only other thing I want to do is just check in with our friends, the Bears and the Lions, occasionally, and just see how they're doing. You know, if something comes up, just be like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Doing all right? All right, cool. And then we'll get back to it, all right? But before we get into all the fun, I want to talk about this Derek Carr situation, because I'm I'm stunned. I was in bed last night, and um, Mr. Blano Insano sent me a text and was just kind of joking around, because I, I knew he got benched. I knew Derek Carr got benched. And I go to bed and he's kind of making some jokes and I'm making some jokes. And he kept talking about like going home and going to New York and going to this. And I was kind of like, what? He's really, really laying into this whole like he's leaving thing. And I just was like, wait, wait, wait. Are you, did, did he go somewhere? Like, yeah, dude. He straight up left the team when he got benched. <laughs> what? So for those that are also outside of the loop, maybe you went to bed around the time I went to bed. And this is the first thing you're waking up to. I don't know. But um, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are benching Derek Carr, the team's starting quarterback, since 2014, which is a very long time. That's crazy. He is... All right, let me finish before I comment. First-year coach Josh McDaniels. Freaking disaster. The Raiders should just burn. They should just burn, period. Jared Stidham, acquired in the offseason trade from the New England Patriots, will start against the San Francisco 49ers on... Oh, no, it's the 49ers. You are so stupid. Oh, undrafted rookie free agent Chase Garbers will be the backup. A source confirmed to ESPN Jeremy Fowler that Carr and the Raiders agreed that he will step Carr and the Raiders agreed that he will step away from the team for the remainder of the regular season to not be a distraction. He was the lone active Raiders player not to practice Wednesday. I can't get through the article. I can't get through it. All right, last sentence, and then I got to talk. The two sides talked about it and thought it was best the source said. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Carr is a freaking establishment out there. And he had his first bad year ever. At the same time, Tom Brady had his first year ever, bad year ever. Aaron Rodgers had his first bad year ever, aside from like injuries and whatnot. Everybody's having bad years. On top of all of that, McDaniel is a piece of crap. Josh McDaniels, is the worst. He sucks so unbelievably bad. And you're going to throw Derek Carr, who is maybe the most loved quarterback anywhere. I don't think there's a quarterback in all 32 teams that is more loved by his players than Derek Carr. It's not Tom Brady. It's not uh, Rodgers. I don't think it's Mahomes. I've seen the the dust-ups over there, plus his brother's obnoxious, although we haven't heard from him the brother and and the wife. I'm guessing that was a little conversation in the offseason. Please stay away from me publicly forever. Thank you. He is an institution out there. He is the reason, the soul, and by soul, let's just say like 90%. Derek or uh, Devante was a Raiders fan and all that, but Devante does not go to the Raiders if not for Carr. You have the best wide receiver in all of football turn down a larger contract with the team he's been with forever, with the quarterback he's been with forever, to come play specifically for this team, and then to put on some kind of a freaking show for Devontae. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to extend him. And they give him this big contract extension, and I looked at that contract extension, and it's all BS. It was a one-year contract that has no weight in the future whatsoever. This was a false contract. Nonsense lie. They put a little bit of money into Derek Carr's contract to soothe Devonte Adams and be like, "You guys are going to be playing here for for the rest of your days, and it's going to be beautiful." And then Josh McDaniels, the biggest failure of a head coach ever. I think he, he had one year in Denver and got fired, and then went away as a failed head coach, and then reemerged and was like, "Hey, I want to be a head coach again." And then he talks to some teams and the Colts are like, all right, we'll hire you. And he used that as leverage to get more money to go back to New England because he's a D-bag and then re-emerges again. And, and every team keeps shooting him down. The Packers interviewed him. They said, no, a bunch of teams interviewed him. Nobody wanted him anymore. And leave it to the idiotic Raiders, the dumbest organization on planet Earth, with the exception maybe of like Washington. I shouldn't even say that. there's so many stupid organizations, but the Raiders are way up there. Who, why would you want an owner? These are the dumbest people on planet Earth. You want to be like Washington? You want to be like the Raiders? The Browns? The Colts? <laughs> the Lions? This is what owners do. Even the Cowboys are a disaster. The only reason the Cowboys work is because there's advisors around him that know what they're doing. And he's probably the most football-savvy guy of all the of all the guys. And he even has his own son ripping cards out of their hands like when... Uh, johnny football he wanted to draft like i want him you know why he wants him because he's a rich guy with all the flashy stuff and he wants the flashiest guy in the draft and his son's like you're an idiot he's a bad football player he's going to ruin this franchise and he had the card in his hand and was going to go walk it up and his son ripped it out of his hand and said nope we're taking an offensive lineman and it was a fantastic pick (sighs) so anyways they decide to bring in josh mcdaniels after of course they decided to pay 10 million dollars to bring in uh, what's his name Gruden. Which I guess you can't super blame him, but again, it's just let's just throw as much money as we can at the biggest name that we can, and when that goes sideways, because he feels way too secure in his position, um, we're forced to fire him and then hire the worst possible candidate in Josh McDaniels. But the problem is, he tanks the team, and then they throw the quarterback under the bus. Now granted, they didn't want to keep Carr to begin with, and I, I, I get that. But to use him as a scapegoat because they've been trying to get him out the door to begin with, you know, people give the Packers crap for how they treat people. But then what? We're just going to ignore this? What about the Bears? The Chicago Bears talking about, oh, I'm so excited to work with Khalil Mack and uh, what's, what's his face? The other guy that left. And then they get rid of Khalil Mack and they get rid of the other pass rusher. Oh yeah, Roquan, he's definitely staying. No questions asked. We're going to work this out. Roquan's gone just lying to everybody about they're going to stay and we're going to make this a thing and then gets rid of everybody. And hilariously, the only guy he wouldn't commit to is Justin Fields. <laughs> what about Tua in Miami? Everyone's so enamored with how great this coach is because he's quirky. He's so quirky. I love him. He's so goofy. Tua's got like his 14th concussion and Miami is now under investigation. The guy's wobbling around out there and nobody's like, hey man, why don't you come off the field? Nope. Stay out there. We got playoffs on the line. Get out there. Well, it's not, you know, it's not the coach's fault of it. It's, it's the training staff. Okay. So everybody else is allowed to just turn a blind eye because, hey, it's not my job. I'm, all right, fair enough. Good good to know. You see that? I didn't see that. I'm not, not a trainer. I'm not a doctor. What are you, stupid? I don't know things. I don't know anything about anything that isn't, like, my own thing. That's all I know. I don't have opinions. I don't, I don't make decisions. I can't decide anything. I just uh, do what I'm told. But anyways, the Raiders are stupid. They use... Which is, again, it's so st- – this team is going to turn uh, – usually when, when you get a new quarterback and a new coach, there's like this little infusion of excitement. That, what's the other team that just uh, – Denver. Denver just had <laughs> – which is so funny because uh, Denver fired Hackett and then they turned to Averro and they're like, how would you like to be the interim head coach? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. I will not be accepting that. I'm going to step up into that role. This team's going to continue to suck. And then everyone's going to go, eh, maybe he's not the head coach for me. No, thank you. I'd rather people keep assuming I'm pretty good at what I do. And so they get some other guy, the assistant or whatever, to step up and be that guy. And you know what? There might be a little bit of a resurgence. Maybe there's a, maybe, maybe not. I mean, that team has clearly given up, but the point is, this is a different situation. Now, you know, Maybe Jarrett Stidham is equally as respected and they, they ra- want to rally around him or whatever. But they, 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 that team has to hate this head coach. And, and they were just getting to the point where I was starting to think maybe they're going to rally around him because they're winning a couple games. But things have imploded to such a terrible degree that you're going to throw Carr under the bus. This team is going to... You've, you've lost Devontae. That's done. You lost him. You have pissed him off. Big time. And if you think the best player... The absolute best player on your team, Devontae Adams, is going to really dig deep and give 110% after you just got rid of his best friend? I mean, you, you single-handedly lost the locker room, and there was no reason to do that. Why would you do that? What, are you worried about the playoffs? You're not going to the playoffs. Why would you get rid of Derek Carr? The, the, and for Jared Stidham! Who knows? Maybe they've been watching Stidham in practice, and this dude is just lighting it up. He is ready to go. He is an elite quarterback, and they're like, dude, Carr kind of sucks, and I don't know if we should do this, but I I, I, got to be honest, probably still shouldn't do it. Anyways, the other things that are ridiculous about this is the fact that the two sides talked about it and thought it was the best. Now, maybe that's just nonsense way of saying Car left, but I don't want to make it seem like he just stormed out of the room and said, I'm out of here. It was, it was, it's like a mutual breakup when somebody dumps you. You're like, oh, it was mutual. It was amicable. No, it wasn't. She dumped you. Dude, she literally jumped in some other guy's car and said, Deuces, son. I was standing right there. It was not mutual. Who says deuces, by the way? She's kind of an idiot. You're better off without her. Plus, that guy makes way more money. So it's not even worth trying. Let's be honest. You were a little over your skis on that one, bud. But then. You're going to put in Jared Stidham against the 49ers, the absolute not even close best defense in all of football. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think you're going to be proven right? Because that's very important at this point. If you're going to make a decision that pisses your entire team off, it better freaking pay off. You're going to throw Derek Carr out of this building and choose Josh McDaniels over the guy that we like more than anybody else on this team, Derek Carr, the institution, this better pay off. Here's a prediction for you. It won't. Even if Jarrett Stidham is the next Pat Mahomes, he's going to get absolutely shredded by this defense. And the team is not going to be happy about that. So they had better hope for some kind of a miracle. The 49ers collapse. Stidham has some Devontae and Stidham just have this magical connection or something has to happen. I don't know. But I think if you're playing the odds... That's not the best play. This clearly was not thought through. It's not that hard to look at it and say, I'm going to lose Devontae. I'm going to lose the locker room. We're literally going to lose Carr, who's going to walk out of the building. And then I'm going to put in Stidham with no NFL experience, really. And I'm going to put him against the number one defense in football. And he's going to get wrecked and ruined behind a team that has already given up. And this is going to be my legacy. This is how I'm going to prove that I should stay here in Las Vegas. This man is an idiot. Now, maybe he was pressured from up above because, again, clearly somebody in this organization, and there's only so many people that have been here for more than a year, but somebody had been trying to push that man out for a long time. I remember when, when uh, Gruden first got the job, the question was, is Derek Carr going to leave? Everybody thought for sure, because he was getting rid of everybody, Khalil Mack, he got rid of Amari Cooper, thought for sure Derek was going. He's like, no, 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 we're going to stick with Derek. And even I was like, yeah, I think that's a short, and it feels like every year is a short-term commitment. It's like Kirk Cousins. They're clearly trying to push him out the door. I don't know why. I think he's well above average quarterback. I don't know who you're going to replace him with that's better. But it always just feels like we're trying to get rid of him, but we kind of can't, and we don't really have a replacement. So let's just do one more year. Let's just do one more year. And it feels like they've been doing that with Carr and Cousins for like, feels like 10 years now. (sighs) So I don't know, man. The whole thing is stupid. Been some quotes from Devontae Adams. Uh, This man gave everything he had. The reason I'm a Raider... One of the most disciplined and loving people I know got my brothers back. He said, brothers, but I'm not really going to say that. You can't do that, man. You cannot bench car. Again, the amount of crap that's been given to the Packers who have bent over backwards to be as sensitive to everybody as they possibly can, and they just throw this guy out of the building and you know, are like, deal with it. <laughs> my goodness. And Devontae's not dealing with it very well. So, my question was. Of all the scenarios, and and granted, none of them are super likely, I did a little survey for fun, um, which of these is most likely to happen next year? Rogers to the Raiders, Devontae goes back to Green Bay, Carr goes to Green Bay, Carr and Devontae go back to Green Bay. The absolute least likely out of 478 votes was Carr going to Green Bay or Carr and Devontae going to Green Bay. The most likely was Rodgers going to Las Vegas, the second most. at uh, So Rodgers to Las Vegas, 49.4%, 44.4% Devontae back to Green Bay. And so I was kind of confused by the thought process of everyone. But At first, I saw how low the cars were, and I'm like, nobody wants Carr to come because of Rodgers. But then the most likely is Rodgers leaves, so that's not it. So the only thing I could think is everybody hates Derek Carr and thinks he's a trash quarterback, and we'd be better off without him, even if Rodgers leaves. I don't know that I agree with that. The most likely being Rodgers to Las Vegas, I think that's maybe the least likely of this entire group. If, so the most likely in my mind is Rodgers comes back, right? That wasn't an option, so I'm not saying whatever, but I'm just going through the list. Rodgers comes back to Green Bay. The next most likely is Rodgers retires. I don't think there really is a third option with Rodgers. I don't think Rodgers does go somewhere else. The only way in, that, in which that happens is very similar to what happened with Brett Favre, is that the Packers decide to move on and Favre, Rodgers are like, no, I want to come back. And it's like, well, too bad, we're kind of moving on. And again, the Packers can't really do that because Rodgers can just say, well, sucks to be you, you still have this contract and you can't get out of it, and if you try to trade me, I'm going to you know, torpedo the whole thing. But they can still, again, like I said, you, you just tell them we're moving on, Rebuild time. Bach is gone. Rob, uh, Cobb is gone. Whatever. And if you want to stay cool, then he wants to leave. The question then is, where would he go? Do you think he'd go to the Raiders? I don't know. I I just I don't think he would follow Devontae around like a puppy. I don't really think that would be. It's such a pathetic, desperate thing that I can't imagine Rogers doing. He left you for for Carr, and now that Carr's gone, you're going to be like, hey, guess who's me? And he's going to have to watch Devonte roll his eyes and go, oh, jeez. Hey, dude, what's up, man? Carr, where are you, man? Tell me where you're going. I'm going to come over there, all right? I'm sorry, man. That's just the reality. Or well, like, oh, like Ro- like Devontae's over in Las Vegas, like, oh, I wish Rodgers was here. He left Rodgers to go be with Carr. So yeah, it would be really sad and pathetic for Rodgers to give up Green Bay and every other opportunity that's out there to go to a garbage organization that has nothing there for him. There's no defense. There's, I mean, there's nothing but Devontae in a Garbage coach in a garbage organization in Las Vegas, no less. Which I can't imagine Rogers wants to live in Las Vegas. Still, those rumors of him building a house out in Tennessee. So you think he'd want to stay somewhere close to the Midwest-ish? You know, I mean, you got like the NFC North, AFC North, AFC East, NFC South, AFC South. You don't want to go west. That's no good. So then, I would say the next least likely would be Devonte back to Green Bay. And the only reason I say that is because of his contract. I don't even think he's tradable. Maybe that's unfair that I put it in there, but, I'm you know, whatever. Figure it out yourself. Um, So those are the two least likely options, and they were the two most voted for options. The two most likely to me, if Rodgers does that, I mean, again, none of them are likely, but let's just say Rodgers does retire. You think it's unlikely that Carr would get picked up by the Packers? Are you serious? Carr has been a quality quarterback, not elite, but he's everything that we've said we just want love to be. Like, I don't need you to be Aaron Rodgers. I just need you to be, oh, I don't know, somewhere up in this range. Oh, you mean like the Derek Carr range? By the way, he's been one of the number one deep passers in the NFL. Nobody thinks of him as as having a cannon for an arm. But if you look at like the deepest passes on the season, a lot of times it's Carr. And we just so happen to have one of the better deep threats in the NFL right now in in. in in uh, Christian Watson. And so it wouldn't be that big of a deal to pick up Derek Carr if he even wanted to come here, but you pick him up for a reasonable sum and you could even have it as sort of a, you know, love is the, it, it's a, it's a love car thing. You see this all the time with young guys. So, so maybe you start with Carr and see how it goes and then eventually you move on to love or what. I don't know. I'm sure Carr wouldn't be super into that anyways, if love was in the equation, but still maybe love's not in the equation. Maybe, maybe we don't, stick with love or we know that it's not a thing or something he wants to force his way out i don't don't know but that to me car to green bay would be the most likely and that's assuming rogers does leave but i don't i don't know too many other better options aside i mean even if well we got love okay and who don't you want some kind of a veteran backup i guess it doesn't have to be car it could be somebody worse just because it's cheaper i guess but again in terms of most likely it's that but anyways that was just for fun doesn't matter This took a lot longer than it was supposed to. But, uh, anyways, why don't we just take a break here? We'll come back and just start hammering this on the other end. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
3: right, let's get this started here. Um, again, I really wanted to get this going earlier because I have a lot to cover, so I'll just try to talk less, which isn't going to happen. So, all right, so I mean, this is what we've done for like two weeks now. Find videos of the question being posed, will the Packers went out and get into the playoffs and see what the answer is so we can talk about it. The first person, like I said, basically forgets the Vikings exist, which to me, again, is weird. And maybe I just give the media too much credit or not enough credit, too much credit, not enough credit, because I expect them to just simply look at the record and say, I mean, come on, the Vikings are elite. The Packers suck. It's pretty straightforward. They're not doing that. They can see the margin of victory. They can see that the Packers are favorited. When they said the Packers didn't have a chance against Miami, remember, we were what, four and a half point underdogs? We're favorites in this game and they know it. And that's why you're not hearing a full on. Some people are saying I don't think they're going to beat the Vikings, but there there really isn't a full on. They don't stand a chance, et cetera, et cetera. At least not that I found. We'll see how it goes. But let's start with this.
0: And make the First off, Rogers is so good post game with all the quarterback, you know with the media, and he's great in that show. He's yeah. thoughtful, gives you good answers. He talks like a like a sports fan. Yeah, he he's he really good with that. Uh, he's got some. Things you don't love, but there he is fine. Yep, uh, yep. I think the Packers win the two games. I think they beat Minnesota. Uh, I don't want to make take the Vikings lightly. They're going to hear everybody thinks Green Bay is going to win, so that will give them—and they're playing for something.
3: because yes. they can still get the two seed. Again, this is weird to me. I think they're going to win the next two games. Why? Nah, don't worry about it. Because they will. Okay? But I don't want to count out the Vikings. Well, there you go. Yeah, you shouldn't count out the Vikings because they're a really good team. Well, no, no, no. Not because they're a good team but because um, they're going to hear that the Packers are better. They're going to hear that you know, the, the Packers, you know they have a chance to knock them out of the place. So they're going to be super extra motivated. On top of that, they're playing for that number two seed, so they'll have extra motivation. So you don't want to completely count them out simply because they have extra motivation. How about this? They're a better football team. Or is that not the case?
0: which would mean, of course, they get, a, uh, they get two home games. I, I think Philadelphia is going to win a game. So they get the two seed. They lose tiebreaker to San Francisco, so they need to win both games. But I think that uh, Green Bay will win two. Um, I, the Giants are going to beat the Colts. So that leaves them Washington. Now, if Washington did not make this quarterback switch, I think the Commanders would have beaten the Browns, and Dallas is not going to need the game, so they're going to beat Dallas. But now that he put Wentz back in there, a guy who hasn't played in two months, who wasn't playing great to begin with, has got to be a little indecision amongst the team, some head scratching. It's not been Henneke's fault. So now it's a little bit more up in the air. So now I say, and the Browns were terrible last week. Mm. So watch,
3: watch. We'll leave it at that. But the point is, just we're just blazing past this week. This is the biggest week for the Packers, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Some of the people are talking about the Lions here. But let's fast forward to the next person who does not believe the Packers will get in. But let's see why.
1: Uh, sure, how about it? It's just not going to happen. It? That's oh, the problem. Okay. And why acting like a team? <laughs> They've got like a 27% chance right now of making the playoffs. 30 and because, 37. Oh, 37, I'm sorry. 37% sorry.
3: <laughs> 37. First of all, 37 is not low, right? <laughs> it's, she's trying to play that same shtick that they did when it was six, which by the way, it was very recently just six when everybody counted them out. Now, according to them, it's like a one in three chance. According to this uh, that I'm looking at, it is 27. If they beat Minnesota, however, it's a 54% chance. So it is more likely that they get in than they don't if they just beat Minnesota. So are they going to beat Minnesota or not? Because the, the, the whole number thing is stupid. And, and that's why I, I really thought it was stupid uh, to begin with when they were talking about it at like 6%. Because if you just factor in the things that are the most likely, like the Vikings are probably going to beat the garbage giants, well, then the numbers go up. Well, then why wouldn't you assume the number would be higher? If you just factor in the things that are most likely, the number goes up. So the whole, well, it's only 6%, it's really not though. I I also just get annoyed with the, and and I'm sure I do it, so I shouldn't, but it's just the, the condescending tone when you're not even making a good point. Oh, what do they have? Like a a 27% chance? Errr. Yes, and they just had six, and now it's up to 27. If they beat the Vikings, it's 54. Do you have anything intelligent to say, or are you just going to make stupid faces on TV?
1: That extra 10%. I mean, that extra 10% because of all the help that they've gotten from their friends, and they need the help now. From
3: Again, all the help. It's... It's... Every team that was supposed to win won. It's it's not a sh- this, this again. It's like oh, it should have been six percent, and now it's all this because of all these things that ha- everything that happened was supposed to happen. All the favorites won. You got to stop with it. Well, they got lucky. No, I mean, I, I mean, to some degree, I mean, everything had to fall, and so t- there's still a, a good enough chance for some level of an upset somewhere along the line. That's for sure. But the fact that there wasn't an upset in three games as this crazy lucky thing—it's so stupid.
1: Several other teams to get in, but I don't think that they're even going to be in a position where they're relying on these other teams, the Commanders or the Giants, to help them out. Because I don't think that they're winning out. First of all, they could even lose to the Lions. Okay, but they're going to lose to the Minnesota Vikings. We're sleeping on the Minnesota Vikings once again when it comes to the screen. Here we, go. Here we go. Got my the pen Vikings and paper have been out. Better in every statistical category. They have the better weapons by the. way.
3: They're better in every statistic. See, this is where it's hard to take somebody seriously. They're better in every single statistical category. There's a lot of categories, man. There's a lot of them. Now, I'm sure I don't have to go through all of them to prove a point that everybody already acknowledges this is stupid. But let's go through a couple, okay? And I'm not even going to do that thing where I say, well, since this week or that week, let's just go for the season because that's what she's talking about. And, and if we can just find one category where the Packers are better, we'll call that good. Okay. How about this one? Rushing yards per game. Green Bay, 123.1. Minnesota ranks 28th at 94.5. So probably not every statistical category. So we can throw that one out. Keep going.
1: Way they have the better quarterback this season as well, in every way. When you pull the numbers, every and we're way. living in the moment here with this Green Bay Pack.
3: Hold on, hold on. Don't don't just gloss over it. We're gonna look at it. Kirk Cousins is better than Aaron Rodgers in every way. She's so not careful with her words. You gotta be very careful and precise when you say things, or you're just gonna get freaking dunked on. This this is pure recklessness. Cousins is better quarterback in every single way. Completion percentage, yes, 65.7 compared to 64.8. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty convincing. Uh, He has three more touchdowns, and they have the exact same amount of interceptions. Aaron Rodgers is the higher-graded quarterback of the two. Probably coming down to things like he has a higher big-time throw percentage at 5.6, a much lower turnover-worthy play percentage, which is to say a higher percentage of Aaron Rodgers' bad throws are picked off than Kirk Cousins, which is also to—let me put it this way. Rodgers has thrown 15 passes that were interceptable. 11 of them were intercepted. Cousins has thrown 21, and 11 of them were intercepted. So he's thrown more reckless balls and less big-time throws, 27 compared to 29, 5.6% compared to 4.3%. Uh, Time to throw. Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out faster. NFL passer rating Cousins is slightly higher, 93-3 to 91-3. I mean, if you want to say marginally better, that's fine. You can't say every statistical category. But then there's, there's an additional problem here, though. Because you're specifically saying the reason the Packers are going to lose, which is, the, which is what I'm looking for. I'm not, I'm not just looking at overall season stats, because that's useless to me. That doesn't mean anything. The Packers were garbage prior to Week 10. That's not the team that they are now. The Vikings also have been getting worse, right? They're, they weren't the worst ranked defense in football to start the season, but they are pretty close to being that right now. Um, so let's, let's look at right now, Rodgers versus Cousins. How about this? It's on the road for Cousins. It's at home for Rodgers. You know, because we want to do an apples-to-apples apples thing here. Um, so let's look at this. Uh, let's see. Completion percentage, Kirk Cousins 63.3, Rodgers 65.9. So advantage Rodgers. Kirk Cousins has thrown nine touchdowns. Rodgers has thrown 13. Now, to be fair, Rodgers has thrown, uh, played one more home game than Cousins has played an away game because the Vikings have been home a lot. It's why they're going on the road, and the Packers will be staying home at the end of the year. But even still, that doesn't account, the one game doesn't account for the discrepancy of 13 compared to 9. But here's the big one Aaron Rodgers has thrown two interceptions at home. Kirk Cousins has thrown seven on the road. PFF grade 77 compared to a 72 in Rodgers' favor. Big time throw percentage for Rodgers is 5.4%, or excuse me, 5.8% compared to Cousins 5.4%. Turnover worthy plays Rodgers 2.3%, Cousins 3.9%. So every stat. So far, has been worse. Um, Adjusting completion percentage 75% compared to 74.2, close, but in Rogers' favor. Uh, let's see. Time to throw, Rogers gets the ball out faster. Um, an NFL passer rating of 102 for Rogers compared to 84.3 for Kirk Cousins. So, if you're saying for the year, I think Cousins has been a marginally better quarterback than Rogers. Therefore, the, the Packers are going to lose is a stupid argument. Sorry for the banging. They're literally just banging above my head. I had to use my angry dad voice and go through the ceiling. Um, anyways, she didn't say that, though. She said Cousins is better in every, every category. It's not true. And then, again, if you compare apples to apples and actually look at the fact that it's Rodgers at home and Cousins on the road, Rodgers is a better quarterback in every single category. And that's just one. You're just talking about the quarterback. So that was incorrect. So I'm not going to write that down. So let's keep going.
1: Packer's team because of these three wins against a decent Miami Dolphins team. You heard Aaron Rodgers just say a great team. I mean, listen, I'm a Dolphins fan. Like, let's a decent Miami Dolphins team with...
3: Okay. Again, the, the condescending tone, which is stupid. And, and for some reason, people think that helps their argument. Like, I sound smarter because I'm being condescending. And the whole point, by the way, of being condescending is why people use that, that laughing emoji, which just pisses me off when people do that. It's to sound condescending to make you feel bad for even having the position you have in hopes that you'll feel so stupid you'll just back off. It's a lame, cowardly, stupid thing that everybody does rather than just have good information. Just have good information and win the argument as opposed to being a condescending D-bag. Only time I like to do that is when I throw it back in somebody's face, but otherwise it's stupid. Just say the information. Be a freaking adult for once in your life. This lady looks like she's... I'm not going to comment on her age. That's going to be all kinds of problems. But she's old enough to know that this is childish. But again, it's funny because Miami was a serious threat until the Packers beat them, and suddenly they're not that good. But either way, any team winning three games in a row has to at least to some degree, have to be considered. Bad teams generally are going to lose once in a while. You know what I mean? But beyond that, again, when you look at, for example, scoring margin, we beat the Bears by a larger margin than expected. We beat the Rams by a larger margin than expected. And we were supposed to lose to Miami and beat them by a pretty hefty margin. Which is to say that if you were to look in order of who underestimates the Packers the most, it's the media, who's been proven wrong. Then it's Vegas. And then there's what the Packers have actually done, which is exceed everybody's expectations. So, okay, Miami is marginally good, which is not what anybody said prior to the Packers playing them, but fine. But they still beat them, didn't they? So it doesn't really fit the narrative that they're not that good because a team that is as bad as you're trying to make them out to be shouldn't beat this marginally good team with an elite offense, right? That's the whole thing.
1: Maybe a concussed Tua Valoa who was Maybe, gifting yeah. them that game.
3: No, nope, didn't gift them the game if you look at the statistics. The Packers earned every bit of that. The passing yards were down. The rushing also. I, I posted that stat, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, it helps to have a concussed uh, Tua. What does that have anything to do with the rushing stats, you idiot? I posted rushing stats specifically so you couldn't say, yeah, well, Tua did it. People are saying that too. And this is the, the, the media is driving this narrative, and you can tell who watches ESPN and just repeats back this idiotic nonsense. I posted the thing about Rodgers, too. After the shrug, he scored 16 unanswered points, and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess Tua went and got those picks. How Did did we score on any of those interceptions? I mean, in terms of, like, the defense ran it into the end zone? Somebody had to score the 16 points. The unanswered part is the defense. The 16 part is the offense. Dumb-dumb. And dumb. Uh,
1: for those final three possessions, but then... And
3: by the way, they were disguised coverages as part of the problem. Uh, the, the one pass we had... Uh, Tyree completely blanketed. Guys on either side of him, in front of him, and behind him. And he's five foot two, and yeah, he couldn't quite jump high enough to get the ball. The other one was a disguised coverage. It happens all the time. He thought that the corner was in man coverage, and so he threw it with anticipation, which is exactly what the Packers... This is what the Packers said. They know that he throws with anticipation, and you can use that to your advantage. He saw the corner running with the other wide receiver. He determined that it was man coverage through with anticipation. And the reason that hurt him is because he didn't hold on long enough to find out if that corner was going to drop. And he did. That was a coverage thing. That was a Joe Barry pick. That's what that was. Oh, he was concussed. You're an idiot.
1: Then the other two teams were not making any sort of argument that that was decent competition that they were playing against.
3: Uh, Again, can we revisit the Rams? who've won 2 out of their last 3 since Baker got there, the only loss being against the Packers and they hung 50 points on a top defense. Even if while well, the the Broncos defense wasn't at their best, I don't care if they're the 25th ranked defense, 50 points. 50 points for a garbage football team? Come on now. This is you just trying to drive a narrative. So, and again, what what does this even what what does this have to do with anything? This whole thing is about the Packers aren't that good. And then every week they keep winning, it's like, okay, well, they're a little better than I thought, but they're still trash. Okay, they're a little better, but uh, they beat Miami, but uh, the concussion uh, still trash. She hasn't even mentioned Minnesota. Aside to say that Cousins is better than Rodgers, which I promise you is meant to just be a shot at Rodgers. It's not praising Cousins.
1: But if we just live in the moment, if I allow you to do that, in the last five games alone, if I pull the numbers, Kirk Cousins is still better than Aaron Rodgers in just about every single category. Completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions, passing yards. So even if you want to limit it to recent history, this Green Bay Packers team is still better offensively, defensively, or I mean, sorry, this Minnesota Vikings team is still better offensively, even better defensively, even though the Vikings have some problems there on defense,
3: Even though I- all right, well, there's an argument. The last five games, if you look at the recent history, Cousins and the Vikings' offense and the Vikings' defense are better than the Packers. Okay, there's her final final argument. Has Kirk Cousins been better uh, statistically than Rodgers the last five games? Let's say not weeks because Rodgers played four games the last five weeks compared to Cousins' five. Uh, yeah, more touchdowns, less interceptions, more yards, um everything down the line, last five games. You can't do that if you do six games though, because then you have Dallas, which was Rogers' probably best game. So if you limit it to five, that looks much better. The other reason is because Cousins has one really so so Cousins one elite game of the season came week fourteen against Detroit, and Aaron Rodgers one of two was six weeks ago. So yeah, I mean if you just look on a week to week basis. You could probably still argue that Cousins has been slightly better than Rodgers. I think that's fair to say. I'm not really going to even argue that. Just on a a, a strictly looking at the five weeks, which three of those five have been on the road, uh, one of them coming against Philadelphia, Cousins' the last five games, four of the five have been at home. So I prefer my method. It's up. I'll let you decide. If you want to look at recent history, Cousins has been better than Rodgers. If you want to look at home versus away, Rodgers has been better than Cousins. That's fair. Let's look at offense and defense for these teams over the last five weeks. So if you look at the last five weeks, which is the number that she picked, which I think, you know, it's a good round number. So maybe she's not trying to be nefarious, but it feels like it's a, it's a pretty nice number if you're trying to promote the Vikings, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But she's still wrong. Over the last five weeks, the Minnesota Vikings have given up the third most points of any team in the entire NFL behind just Chicago and Indy. The Packers have given up the 17th most. So the defense has been significantly better than the Vikings over the last five weeks. So she's way off. Now, offensively, she would be right if you just look at five weeks. Minnesota is third. Green Bay is ninth. Both of them top 10 the last five weeks. Dallas is number one, by the way, just if anyone's wondering. Pretty sure we beat Dallas. But anyways, that doesn't matter. Here, here's the reason why it seems slightly nefarious. Five weeks ago, for, I mean, I don't mean actual chronological week, five games ago, uh, which is the way I did this because otherwise it's, it's uneven. The uh, Green Bay Packers scored just 17 points to Tennessee. So that 17 weighs pretty low. They're still again a top 10 offense, but that 17 kind of hurts them. They've been better ever since. Also, if you bump it out to six weeks, they had 31 against Dallas. So if you go six or four, it's a lot better for the Packers. But exactly five is tough. Also for Minnesota, if you do five, it's pretty good. If you go six, they scored three against Dallas. So you're cutting out that three against Dallas, which is fine because since then, and it's it's an outlier anyways. I'm not saying you should include that. I'm just saying exactly five puts Minnesota a little bit ahead of the Packers offensively. They're still way behind in defense. The defense is not even close. It is So it, it's, it's top three offense, bottom three defense is where they are just in the last five weeks. If you had to look at the last four weeks, Minnesota is ahead but barely, 116 compared to 111. It is, uh, Minnesota ranks fifth. Green Bay is seventh. Green Bay is also tied, by the way, with Buffalo. In the last four weeks, Minnesota is still third from the bottom on defense. Not even freaking close. Green Bay is right in the middle, uh, 15th most. But again, if you bump it out six weeks, and this is kind of a six-game win streak, not not six in a row, but in the last six weeks, they're four out of six. And as I've said, week 10 is kind of when this whole thing came around. Offensively, even, it flips in the favor of Green Bay. Green Bay is eighth. Minnesota is 10th in the last 6 weeks offensively. By the way, in the last 6 weeks Minnesota is dead last in points allowed. So yeah, I mean it depends where you want to slice it, but even there is it's the the best you can get is that the Vikings offense is marginally better than the Packers offense and a significantly worse defense and it doesn't matter what week you pick. 4 weeks, 5 weeks, you can't do 6 weeks cuz then the Packers offense and defense is better. But if you say 5 weeks or 4 weeks, Then it's, then it's Vikings offense is, and and actually if you just do five weeks, um, because four weeks is borderline negligible with offense. So you have to keep it like right at five where Tennessee is included in there, which is a top defense in the NFL that held the Packers to 17. That's the only, and, and you still get a top 10 Packers offense, which again, to me makes this negligible, especially considering the Vikings have one of the worst defenses in football. This is the worst defense we will probably face the entire year. I think they're worse as far as points than Detroit right now. Significant. I mean, I I I just showed you. I mean, Detroit is not on the list in terms of uh the worst, in fact, in that span, Detroit is actually better than Green Bay. They're 16th. Green Bay is 11th. Minnesota's number 1 in points given up since week 6. So, uh yeah. So, I'll I'll give her some partial credit. Recently, Cousins has been better than Rodgers. Um not so much for the year, it's pretty even. And if you look at home versus away, Rodgers is pretty significantly better than Cousins. Uh, Minnesota has scored more points than Green Bay. Um, If you look at recently, it's pretty negligible. The defense, she's way off. Significantly, significantly, significantly worse Minnesota Vikings team than the Packers. I don't know what she's talking about. By the way, special teams is firmly in in the place of the Packers. We'll see if we have our returner, but... Um, The Packers' special teams has also been better than the Vikings. So there's that. Um, And and by the way, I didn't even look at how the Vikings have done offensively on the road as compared to Green Bay at home. I didn't even bother. The fact that Minnesota's been home on this five-game stretch while the Packers have been on the road, I didn't even bother to factor that in. I'm just taking her thing at face value here, and even that is relatively weak. It doesn't even account for the fact that we're talking home versus away. In fact, even for the season, interestingly enough, if you look at it, the Green Bay Packers at home, 22.7 points per game. Minnesota on the road, 22.5 points per game. So if you just look, I mean, and that's for the entire season, even including the first half of the season where the Packers' offense was putrid garbage. The Packers' offense, in this situation, Packers home, Vikings away, the Packers' offense is better for the entire year. Because that's the situation we're in. Packers are at home, Vikings are away. If this was the opposite, it would be a different situation, but it's not. I'm so mad that we're so far into this. There's so many things I wanted to cover. i have to save the good stuff for for tomorrow, I guess. (laughs) Dang it. Stupid Derek Carr. Stupid Raiders idiots.
1: Even though the Vikings have some problems there on defense.
3: Even better defensively, she says. What in the world are you talking about?
1: and questions we're talking about a green bay packers team where they might not even have christian watson available to them he's day-to-day after that hip injury against the dolphins and we're also all of a sudden acting like three receptions from romeo dobbs means that aaron Rodgers has all this chemistry with now his young receivers
2: yeah i'm I'm on the side with (sighs)
3: I'm, i'm struggling to figure out what that last sentence even means you're mocking that he doesn't have actual chemistry with his young receivers while making your biggest argument here that Christian Watson's not going to be in. I don't, I don't know what you're digging at here. This is uh, it's pretty wild. Anyways, the next panelist comes on. He uh, does the thing where he says, I don't think the Packers are going to get in because the Vikings uh, have a lot to lose. So again, the same argument of, uh, you know, they're going to have a little extra juice because they really want it. But then goes on to say this
2: juncture in the season. The second thing that I got to say, you look at the Minnesota Vikings and their 11-0 and one-score games. This was a deficiency a year ago with them. They didn't make the playoffs because all of those games that, that were close, they lost. And when I look at them now, you look at Greg Joseph and five times this season with the minute to go in, in, in regulation and overtime, he's been able to put the Minnesota Vikings ahead with his legs. If it's a close game, I'm betting my money on the Minnesota Vikings because history this season in 2022 has showed me that. But we also got to realize and say, we're really up here thinking the Green Bay Packers are a good football team? When, when they're not. All
3: right. So anyways, I, I'm, I'm trying to boil down the argument here. Last year, they didn't win one-score games. This year, they do. So if it's close, I'm going to give it to the Vikings because their kicker has made a lot of kicks in the last seconds. Um... I mean, I'm not sure the best way to go about looking at that. First of all, if we just look at how many times in the fourth quarter with less than a minute, a quarterback made a field goal. Greg Joseph is number two; he made three. The only one who's done that more is Tyler Bass for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, other guys that made three: Michael Badgley for the Lions, Will Lutz of the Saints, Eddie Pinheiro of the Panthers. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It's just it's just Badgley. Those guys are two. So I I don't know if it's if he's making a clutch factor for he's really good in those situations. Um, most of the kickers are at 100% who have attempted it, but I guess he's more or so saying that they get themselves into those positions and then find a way to win. Here, here's, here's I guess, my, my thought on it. I think it depends on your perception of the one-score thing. Does it come down more to luck or to fortitude from the Minnesota Vikings? Because there is a human element to football, in that some some teams might just give up at the end of a game and, and other teams' players won't. But I also think that there is a luck factor, and I think Minnesota Vikings fans know this full well, and the reason I know that is because the exact argument that I heard from Vikings fans about why we should trust them being really good this year is because they lost so many one score games, and those are absolutely pure luck. And so they're actually better than what their record was. So they know full well how this argument works. They're just pretending they don't know now because it's working against them. But here's the thing what he's saying is, in my mind, tantamount to look, I know a coin flip is 50 50, but it's been heads 10 times out of 10. And I would be a fool to not go heads here. Now, there's nothing wrong with going heads because it's 50 50, but believing that it's higher than 50% because it's been 50% is wrong. And you gotta understand, when you flip a coin a bunch of times, let's say you've got 32 different coins. A lot of the coins are gonna be pretty close to 50 50. You know, if you flip it 10 times, a lot of them are gonna be around five. Some of them are gonna be seven. Some of them are gonna be eight. You might even have some that are like nine ish, 10 ish. I mean, maybe not with only 32 coins, but you're gonna have that distribution. And so, When we say that this is historically high win totals in close games, which is what it is, well, that's bound to happen because we not only have 32 teams, but we have over 100 years of NFL history. It's bound to, over the course of about 20 flips or 15, 16 flips that it's been, to have one team come up all heads. That doesn't mean it's going to be heads next time. And so again, it really just comes down to how much of this is just pure, plain, dumb luck, and how much of it is... The Vikings have come some kind of a secret sauce at the end of games. And I know it's not 100% in either category. It's not purely luck, but it's not purely uh, drive and will and motivation. I watched that Colts come back. I saw how inept the Colts were and, and their coaching staff and their defense and their offense and how unbelievably horrible that was. The fact that they went into prevent defense at halftime, the fact that they decided to run the ball all the time and, and not it was, it was the worst thing ever. You still got to give the Vikings credit. But again, it's not purely the Vikings that did it. And so the question would come down to, games on the line, do you trust Minnesota to close this out? By the way, just so we're clear, as I've said, one of the best second half and the best fourth quarter teams in football. That's not what you want to hear if you're a Vikings fan who lives on, we find a way to come back in the fourth quarter. So I'm not going to completely take it away, I mean, from, from his argument, I it, it's very likely that there is something to do with the players and the coaches and everything else that, that gets them to this point, to get it to be so consistently in their favor, but it's not 100%. But even beyond that, his entire argument is, if it's close, if it comes down to the final minutes, I'm taking Minnesota. Fair enough. But is that it? Again, remember, he was just about to talk about how the Packers are not even good. Why is it coming down to the final minutes then? See, nobody wants to just make a head-on case. I mean, the the, the what's-her-name lady tried to. Actually, that's not even true. She didn't make a case that the Vikings are a good football team. Nobody has made a case that the Vikings are really good in the Packers. Just flat out say it. Vikings are great. Packers are bad. Nobody's saying it. Everybody, even the the lady, whoever she is, the only thing she did was try to tear down the Packers. I mean, her best argument, not in terms of the quality of the argument, just in terms of her most poignant in this direction, is that the the Vikings are better than the Packers in every category. But that's not pro-Viking. That's anti-Packer. The Packers are—Rodgers is worse than Cousins. The Packers' offense and defense is worse than the Vikings. She even said, even though the Vikings are struggling defensively, the Packers are worse. That's not true. It's wildly inaccurate. I don't know where she's getting her information from. But again, the argument isn't the Vikings are good. Nobody will stand here and say it. It's, and and that's surprising to me because I would borderline be willing to stand here and say, I don't know, dude, they're a pretty good football team. I mean, their defense is struggling, but they got two unbelievably scary pass rushers in Zedarius and and, and Hunter. I know the sacks haven't been there, but they're like leading the league in pressures and all that stuff. So that's still scary. And Justin Jefferson and, and uh, Kirk Cousins is one of the scariest combos in football, period. Forget Tua and Tyreek. I mean, this is, this is up there. Like, I don't have any problems saying this stuff. Nobody has said it. Just say it. And I'll be like, yep, there's the one. There's the argument. You got it. Just say the Vikings are good. Nobody will say the Vikings are good. Nobody has said it. It's all just hatred for the Packers. That's all it is. Oh, come on. The Packers suck. Okay. So the Vikings are going to blow them out. No, I mean, it'll be close. But well, why would it be close? Do you guys hate the Vikings that much? That's what it feels like. The Vikings suck, but not as much as the Packers. That's the only argument I've heard this whole time. It's hilarious to me. I think it's inaccurate, but whatever. I guess I'll take it. Let them continue here.
2: Not. That's just not in 2022. Preach. You look at the last Shut three up. games, so and white. the Miami Dolphins basically gifted them a win. You look at the turnovers that they got, they barely could do anything with the turnovers. They still barely won this football game. They still had a chance, the Miami Dolphins, at the end to win it before two or three, the third interception. They had
3: a chance to win it when they were up by 10, too, and they didn't.
2: And then, not only that, I look at the game against the Chicago Bears, the Packers were winning 20-19 to with about two minutes and 30 seconds left in that game. And the uh, Chicago Bears had to ball at like the 40-plus yard line of the Green Bay Packers, and that's when Justin Fields threw an interception. They could have easily lost that game.
3: Talk about the Eagles game, how the Bears almost beat the Eagles. You probably don't want to, though.
2: And then I'm not, I'm not going to dare sit up here and say they're a good football team when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams, who num- who's number one depleted with no Matthew Stafford, no Cooper Cup, no Aaron Donald, no Allen Robinson, and you're excited because you beat the Los Angeles Rams? No, no. I'm not going to do it. I don't think they have a chance to actually get into the playoffs, but I will say this.
3: this part- Say this. The Vikings are a good football team. Say it.
2: part about it makes me nervous, Amber, because I spoke about it earlier when Chris Canty was here. If they do happen to win and get in. And I think we got some video to prove what I'm about to say right now. Aaron Rodgers squeaked in and got into the playoffs in 2010. When I was with the Atlanta Falcons, oh we were 13 and three and had the number one seed. And we had a first round bye. They came into the Georgia Dome at the time and put a foothold in us and
3: went on. Dude, for real though, I don't know who he is, but um, that's crazy he was on that team. I, I never thought in a million years we, Atlanta was the, the most unbeatable team at home like ever forget the Packers advantage that year Atlanta at home freaking dominant doesn't describe how good they were and we had to go into Atlanta that was basically just you know we had fun it's been fun you know but there's no way nobody nobody is going to beat Atlanta in Atlanta it's just it's it's over and and they the Packers freaking destroyed them
2: to win the Super Bowl. And that play that Ron Clark always talks about, Aaron Rodgers throwing that dart across his head, that happened to be the Super Bowl they won that same year. They're
1: mm. making you relive it
2: right
3: so Greg now. Make make it the right there. So anyways, I, and, and listen, I don't even really like that. That's a pro Packers argument. I think that's dumb. I don't think we're anywhere near where the pet 2010 Packers are. I'm not trying to argue the Packers are a good football team. I'm not trying to argue we deserve to even be in the playoffs, much less go on a run in the playoffs. I think the, the 49ers would absolutely uh, embarrass us in the playoffs. That's not the point. I just want somebody to explain to me in very clear terms that the Vikings are a good football team, the Packers are a bad football team, therefore the Vikings should win, and nobody will do it. The closest we can get to is despite the fact that the Vikings suck, the Packers suck more. I mean this this is pure disdain. And 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 okay, fine. You know, the the is it going to be close? Also, explain why the Packers are favorites in this game. I'm just curious. Can't really find too much information on it. Anyways, I didn't get to cover nearly as much as I wanted to. We'll, we'll see. I, w- I want to keep looking around. I got a video of uh, Locked On Vikings I want to review. Uh, a couple other Vikings things. We'll, we'll get away from ESPN because I think I think I'm maybe being unfair to the Vikings by picking people who have no idea what they're talking about and then kind of strawmanning that and saying, "See, nobody has an argument." <laughs> but either I'll find something or I'll just do it myself. Cuz again, I'm pretty sure I can find plenty of reasons to believe that the Vikings can win this game if I dig a little bit. Just haven't done that yet. I'm 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 genuinely I'm not even trying to be anti-Vikings in this. I'm just I'm stunned at how weird this is. The fact that I can't find anybody to just explain to just come out and say It's ridiculous that the Packers are favorites in this game. It makes no sense. The Packers are clearly a bad football team who nearly lost to the Bears, who beat up a completely depleted Rams team, who only beat Tua in the last seconds because of three consecutive interceptions. And then you've got the Minnesota Vikings who have a chance, literally a chance to be the number one seed in the NFC. At the very least, they should be the number two seed because they're going to clearly beat the Green Bay Packers. This is absurd. This is a joke. The Vikings walk away with this, which shouldn't be a hard argument to make because any time in history, you look at a team that has the record the Vikings have against the record the Packers have. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, who is calling me? Anyways, any time in history, you look at teams with these disparaging records, it's not going to be even close. Disparaging, disparate, separate, wide distances. Anyways, um, again, didn't get to cover what I want to cover. We'll do a do-over tomorrow. Um, and, and eventually I want to get to the point where I make the case for them. Um, and we'll probably have to do that tomorrow because I don't want to talk good about the Vikings on game day. But, um, again, it's just, it's such a weird and unique thing and I just can't really get over how weird this is that nobody can give them credit. Nobody. And the weird thing is, again, when you listen, even when you go over to where the Vikings fans are at, the the biggest argument is, we earned all those wins, we should get the credit. That's not a very good argument. Because all the data points to, you're not actually that good. And everybody kind of knows that the record is not the best way to look at the team as an indication of how good or bad they are. There's usually a somewhat of a correlation, because if you're a good team, you generally tend to win. And if you're a bad team, you generally tend to lose. But the wins and losses aren't a way to read back into are you good or bad. Good or bad generally leads to wins or losses. If you want to find out if a team is good or bad, you look at all this other information, and there's a lot of other information, and all the other information you look at puts the Vikings at about a 7-ish, 8-ish win team. And so even if I say, okay, fine, you earned all those wins, that doesn't have anything to do with the quality of your team insofar as my ability to determine how good you are compared to the Packers in this upcoming game, right? Who, who, who's the better team? or or the, Who's the better team in Green Bay this Sunday, the Packers or the Vikings? In Lambeau, in December, who's the better team? If the only thing you can say is, we earned all those wins, therefore we're a 13-win team or whatever, I can never remember how many wins they have, therefore we're better, I'm sorry, that is a really, really, really weak argument. I mean, j- just in general. I mean, a- again, look at the 49ers record. That has nothing to do with the team they are today. Part of the issue with it is you're talking about games from week eight and prior, which for most teams has nothing to do with where the teams are at. In fact, um had Peter reach out to me and and talk about some of the comments I made, which I always hate because I never know. Number one, I never remember saying it. Number two, I don't remember what I was talking about, whatever, which is not his fault. He's just listening to it and responding to it. But it's hard to respond to because I don't know exactly what we're talking about. But one of the things he mentioned is, you know, you're you're mocking the Vikings for barely beating the teams that the Packers lost to like the Giants and the Jets. And it's unfair because we beat them and you lost to them. And beyond that, you talk about the Lions and you lost to the Lions and it was when the Lions were worse. Well, number one, just for anybody that maybe has heard that before, The win streak started with the Packers, so it's the same streak. But just to to kinda prove the the point that I'm talking about about how teams are different, if you look at the quality of the Jets and Giants when they played the Packers as compared to when they played the Vikings, the Jets and Giants I'll just see what I wrote him because I don't want to have to go back and look it back up. When the Packers lost to the Giants, it was in the midst of a six and one start to the season. When the Vikings beat the Giants the Giants were on a one and six game skid. The Jets started the season when we played them earlier in the year. They started the season six and three. Since then, one and five. We played them during the six and three stretch. They played them during the one and five stretch. We played the Giants during the six and one stretch. They played them during the one and six stretch. Which again ties into all this information. Number one, why you can't just look at overall record because the Giants' overall record will will inflate your opinion of them because they're actually a one and six team when it now looks like they're kind of a. a 500 team, they're not. They're trash. Same with the Jets. You're overinflating them if you look at the entire season. But also, if you just look at it and say, We beat the Giants, you lost to the Giants. Yeah, but it's a different team. Not only are they a different team, but we're a different team. That was the Packers at their worst and the Giants at their best. If we played the Giants today, we would smoke the Giants in such unbelievable fashion, it wouldn't even be funny. I mean, that's not true. It would be hilarious, but couldn't think of another way to end the sentence. Same with the Jets. They wouldn't stand a chance against the Packers right now. And I think the issue is if you really boil down who are the two teams, I, I think they're probably more similar than even a lot of the media want to give them credit for. I'm not going to say the Packers are, are heads and tails better. I think they're similar football teams. But that's what's crazy. Because the Packers are underrated because of what they did earlier in the season. The Vikings are overrated because of their one-win, uh, their, their one-score games. Right? Again, for the Packers, it was that five-game losing streak when they were in the midst of just the depths of hell. And everybody's stuck on that five-game losing streak, and the fact that Rodgers doesn't necessarily look like Rodgers, and so you look at it and you're like, that team's trash. And yeah, if you watch the Miami game, like most people did, because it was a, a the only game on at the time, on Christmas, so everybody watched it. The Packers looked sloppy in the first half, so everybody says, that's who the Packers are. They're sloppy, they suck, and they got lucky in the second half, which is ridiculous shorthand, because it doesn't take into account how great Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the offense looked in the second half, and how great the defense as a whole looked in the second half. But it also doesn't take into account how how they didn't look that sloppy against the Rams at all. So anyways, again, I want to look at that tomorrow, um, kind of do the work myself. It, it was good going, going through some of that stuff, like comparing Cousins to Rodgers. I think that is fair to say that recently Cousins has been better than Rodgers, but that's not really even a big thing for me because I've always thought higher of Kirk Cousins than most people, even Vikings fans, I think a lot of the time and i fully acknowledge rodgers is struggling this year so that's kind of baked into the cake a little bit for me but okay fair enough and again it's not even true when you factor in well look at cousins on the road and rodgers at home rodgers is significantly better in that situation but okay so that's one we'll say cousins is is potentially going to be better than rodgers in this game although i don't know that data necessarily backs that up what else justin jefferson yep scary what else not a ton I'm not really scared of Hawkinson. I know it was a big acquisition. He's not Travis Kelsey or anything like that. He's just a dude. Their offensive line is good. It's not elite. Dalvin Cook has always been overrated and they've started using him less. So he's been less of an impact this year. The defense, they've got pass rushers on the edge who haven't really been able to convert sacks necessarily, or at least not zadarius but they they do generate a ton of pressures. The interior, not as much. Um, and again, they give up more points than just about any team in football. The the coverage has been terrible and Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, I, I want to do it more tomorrow, but let's be completely honest about what the situation is. The Vikings are scary because of one guy, and that's Justin Jefferson, and they have a quarterback who's who's capable enough to get the ball to him. Justin Jefferson is the whole team. And, I, and, and as as somebody who's been annoyed with everybody saying it's Rodgers, and you know, if you guys didn't have Rodgers, your team would suck or, or whatever, everybody's garbage except that guy. I, I'm not necessarily saying that for the Vikings, but it is... It's pretty uh it's pretty straightforward. That dude is the difference between the Vikings being a legitimate Super Bowl contender and being a team that misses the playoffs. And yes, that could potentially be true of Rodgers, although I, I think you'd struggle to make that case considering how he's playing this year. But also, I, that's true of most teams quarterbacks. I mean, you could still say, you could say that about Cousins, if Cousins goes out, you miss the playoffs. If Rodgers goes out, you miss the playoffs. If uh Maybe if Goff went out, I'm not sure about Fields necessarily. I mean, they're going to miss either way. But any playoff team, take away their quarterback, who still makes it? I don't think anyone. So outside of quarterbacks, who has that one guy? For the Rams, maybe it'd be a guy like Aaron Donald, even though they're not going to make the playoffs. But you know that those types of impact players, there's not many. There really is is, is not that many that if you remove one non-quarterback player, you go from being a Super Bowl contender to missing the playoffs. Who's that guy for the Chiefs? There's nobody on the Chiefs. Somebody might have said Tyree Hill last year, but they would have been wrong, as you can see. Tyreek Hill made almost no difference when he left. And I don't even think Vikings fans would disagree with that. Again, I'm not characterizing everybody else as bad. I'm just saying you remove Justin Jefferson from the equation as, as much talent as you might have another play. I do not think they make the playoffs. First of all, those one-win games get out of here. Not even close. Those are losses. And there might even be a couple other, there's no way in the world you come back down 33 against the Colts without Justin Jefferson. So yeah, I am scared of the Vikings, but primarily I'm scared of Justin Jefferson and a little bit the pass rushers and a little bit Kirk Cousins and zero other things. And, and by the way, Vikings fans are right. The, the whole thing, and I don't even know if Jair is even saying this or Packer fans are even saying this, but they're, they're saying that we're saying this. I don't think Jair is going to shut him down. again, I don't think there's any Packer fans that think that we've seen him man guys up. That He couldn't man up Equinemius St. Brown. Of course, he can't shut down Justin Jefferson. So I don't think there's any way to take him away. And that's what makes him scary. But I do think it is a team with a lot of deficiencies. And and to their credit, they've been able to overcome that. But similar to what I said about the Lions, eventually, the lack of talent is going to hurt you. And they just fell to the Panthers. And I'm not sure what's going to happen this week. But they're, I mean, if they lose to the Bears, then they've, they have completely fallen off. I don't really think that's going to happen. I haven't really looked into it, but I don't expect that to happen. Although, again, really bad run defense against a team that runs the ball really well. Plus, they've been playing teams tough. Played the Eagles real tough. Again, I know they got bludgeoned last week, but, but by the end of the first half, it was like, dude, are the Bears going to freaking win this game? I'm going to lose it. Anyways, uh, why don't we leave it at that? Take a look at this a little closer tomorrow. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.